Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel. And welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, we're going to talk about cloud migration and the role of the CIO with special guest Doug Bourgeois. Doug, welcome to the show. You are the Managing Director of GPS Cloud Strategy at Deloitte. So you, you know a lot about all this cloud stuff. Or you better. Been doing cloud for, for too long. <laughs> Let's just say a long time. A long time. We won't, we won't age ourselves on this, right, by talking about before cloud, pre-cloud. But uh, you were there before it was cloud, right? Yeah, uh, started, I got into cloud, actually, um, I was still working as part of the federal government, and I was running a fairly large shared services organization, and um, I, I got acquainted with cloud kind of early on and, and saw some benefits to my service provider organizations, the, the users of my services, and thought, you know, we might want to test this out and see if it's real. And then, you know, that was about a dozen years ago or so. And, you know, lo and behold, it's still here. That's, that's amazing. So you really were an early adopter, not just a provider, but you actually used it in government, which you must have been out there all by yourself. At the time, I, you know, there were a few others dabbling at the time. I mean, I think the only other organization that was very credible in what they were doing was NASA. And they, at the time, had something called the Nebula Cloud. Um, and so it was pretty much us and them at that time, the only ones that were really driving towards enterprise capability. For me, it was, you know, in my organization, our mission was providing all the back office functions for, you know, all the other agencies, all the things that, you know, nobody really wanted to do, the uh, ERP hosting and the core financial management systems and the HR systems and kind of IT hosting in general. And so, you know, it made sense for us. NASA, totally other end of the spectrum, very mission focused, as, as we all know, uh, but still kind of proves the point of the versatility of the cloud and the value. <clears throat> so what would you say is, I mean, you, you said the versatility, what other value did you see on going to the cloud? What was your main reason to just investigate besides being a technologist, which I know you are. Yeah, there was definitely some of that, you know, I, I have to fight my own tendencies uh, to get all enamored with the latest and greatest technology capabilities. But, you know, I saw what Amazon was doing at the time and, uh, you know, started to internalize how the value prop might uh, be useful to my organization. And in my case, I think it ended up being a combination of two things with the first being the opportunity to truly save money at the infrastructure level. Because I think if you look at what was happening in the industry at that time, we did truly have a server sprawl and we were just into the virtualization craze, you know? And so for me, it was an opportunity to not only virtualize, but also build cloud while virtualizing. And so I kind of got the double whammy or the leap, leapfrog effect um, which gave my users uh, cost savings. I think I remember in one particular service um, in the HR line of business, uh, which was one of our early pilots, when we moved over to the cloud model and infrastructure, 
I believe we cut our, our unit costs to our end users by give or take 40%, you know, That's like, huge. okay, suddenly, yeah, suddenly we're, you know, we're going to lower your prices by 40% and everybody was shocked. They thought it was just a game or some sort of ploy. <laughs> of course they did. No one saves, no one saves money in government. Come on. <laughs> well, that was my mission was to be the, the efficient provider, right? So that, you know, the idea, as you all know, with shared services is once you reach economies of scale, you know, you, you can provide these services more economically than, you know, most organizations can on their own with the exception of the truly super large behemoths. But then, you know, they even, even over time, they question whether they should keep doing these things, right, that are amenable to a more centralized services approach. Um, well, today the journey continues. I, I think, you know, I've, um, I've seen over the years um, let's talk macro and then we'll talk maybe micro here. Um, from a macro perspective, in those early years, you know, even a dozen years ago, for the most part, it was private cloud centric. It was people improving their data centers to incorporate um, a combination of, you know, consolidated multi-tenant and with automation capabilities kind of built in. And then we saw the pendulum swing, you know, about three, four years after that, five years in some industries over to the public cloud, right? It's the, the large hyperscalers and everybody was moving to the cloud all of a sudden, right? And then I think, you know, give or take about three years ago, we started to see this equilibrium in the middle. It's the hybrid cloud. You know, people starting to realize that, you know, there's different cloud models, there's different um, cloud solutions. And for most organizations, they have a, a wide variety of systems in their portfolio that kind of lend themselves to, you know, to different models, some public, some private, and some hybrid, right? So we're seeing a more, a more um, holistic approach, uh, you know, today. So that's kind of the micro view that I was you know, referring to earlier. So, so what you're saying is what, if you're smart, is what I just heard, you have a multi-hybrid cloud strategy. You're not putting yeah, all your eggs in one basket. You're not doing everything off-prem. You've got a, a combination based off of, the different workloads and service level agreements or whatever it may be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, purpose built or fit to purpose. I mean, it's the same, the same idea, you know, in some cases there are reasons to, um, to employ cloud capabilities. I think of one client we, we supported, you know, in the last year who uh, wanted to explore some machine learning models, which we use the cloud, you know, to build those models but, you know, once you have those models built, they, in order to support your, your business operations, those models need to be deployed where the business is operating, right? In some cases, that's the edge. In other cases, it's close to your core systems. And, and, and in some cases, those core systems are in the old data center. And in some cases, they're in the cloud, right? So you have to have the versatility in order to, you know, meet the needs um, and, and improve operations depending on the current, you know, the current well, architecture. Yeah, you also mentioned that, hey, I have to have kind of a profound knowledge of what's really going on in my org, right? In both infrastructure and my line of business, I have to have a, a lot stronger relationship with my line of business now than maybe I had before where I'm just providing infrastructure. Now I've got to know more so I can make educated architectural decisions um, on, on what's going on. It's, we, we have to become more intimate, I guess, with, with what's out there. Yeah, I'd say now more than ever. I think, you know, I think through my career and if you if you can't tell from the white beard, you know, that it's it's been a long <laughs> journey in itself in itself. 
But um, there's always been throughout my entire career, you know, the desire of the CIO and the CTO and the IT organization to, you know, get closer to the business or get closer to the mission and, you know, be a true partner in, in what the, the, the overall organization is, is doing. Um, but it's always been, for the most part, pretty elusive. It's been, you know, it's been a gap. There's been shadow IT. I mean, we know the story. The story's been told over and over and over again. But I think now more than ever, it's, it's even more important, as you point out, to be closer to the business. Um, and I think there's two reasons for that. One, which we kind of talked about a little bit earlier, is the proliferation of data and artificial intelligence and analytics and machine learning into core business capabilities does require fundamental business understanding, right? That, that the, you're building models that are helping the business do things. And those things are business things, not necessarily technology things. They can be technology things, but that's not you know, what, we're, what we're talking about here. The second is this evolution of cloud has reached the stage where I think we've, we've already entered into a new phase of cloud, which, which I call the digital age, um, which gets to you know, modernizing and the, the core systems of the organization to improve their service capability for their end users, whoever those, those happen to be. Well, to me, it's really kind of moving the CIO back to where he originally was or he or she was originally was before they focus so much on infrastructure. I, I always say this in, my, in all my speeches, I say, take the infrastructure out of CIO. It, it's supposed to be information, right? Yeah. But we've been relegated to managing data centers and we need to get away from that and back to managing the information in our, in our organizations, uh, in the yeah. company as a whole, so. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, you know, with that, um, that perspective. Uh, because, you know, one, I was fortunate enough to, have my early start in my career at FedEx, which was a, a very progressive use of technology type of an organization where you know, technology was center in how they, they drove their business strategy forward and always was and, and always will. Um, and so that you know, kind of taught me you know, how to gauge as a technology provider, as a technology executive, really be in tune with what the business is trying to do, even if they're not that good at articulating that to you is to try and ferret that out and have dialogue to understand truly what their business objectives are, what their pain points and their challenges are, and then align the technology to help bring that you know, to life and overcome those, those pain points. And then coming into the patent office, was, which is where I was CIO when I entered into the government, um, I was fortunate. I inherited a CIO role that truly was a chief information officer that owned all information from, from business systems to dissemination of patent information after the patent is granted and providing access to the world to all of the patents and trademarks that have been granted, right? A very, very broad perspective on information. Wow. And so I sat in that seat and had that perspective over a long period of time. And I, I totally agree with you. I saw many, many CIOs that only were, they were kind of relegated to the infrastructure box. And I thought, how suboptimal is that? Right, and, you know, those organizations are missing the opportunity to do something truly transformative. 
um, because they look at they look at the CIO as a cost organization and are dealing with it from a cost perspective. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let's talk about hey, what what are the steps that I would take? Let's say that I am a a CIO. I want to up level myself. I want to adopt cloud where where I need to, so I don't have to. Um, manage um, kind of the day-to-day type things as, you know, infrastructure things. What, what steps do, would I take? I mean, what, what's my progression uh, to move forward? What's my roadmap? How do I even going, get started? Going from a chief infrastructure officer to a chief information officer, what's that journey look like? Yeah, what's it look like? That's well, a, or do that's I switch a, you know, jobs and just say, forget it, I'm not going to try this? Well, I think I think there's some there's some value in 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 that perspective. Meaning, I personally was very selective in looking at the opportunities that I had in my career and thought very carefully about the role of the CIO, the role of the IT organization, and making sure that fit with not only my strengths, my capabilities, but what my interests were and my passions as well. But that said, you know, I think you know, anytime you talk about a journey from here to there, I always think about there's more than one path you know, to get you there. So there's different avenues that a CIO can take to get from, you know, focusing only on infrastructure to being more valuable to the organization and from a broader information perspective. I think in today's day and age, one way to do that is um, by uh, positioning yourself to be the transformation executive in charge of something new that the organization is trying to do, right? So that's one way to do it. In other words, I still own all the infrastructure. Somebody else Usually business unit people own all the applications in that model, right? But, but the organization is trying to transform itself in, in creating a new business process or getting into a new market, right? In order to do that, they need to create new things. So figuring out how to position yourself and your organization is the right place to, to execute that in concert with the rest of the organization. Maybe it's a new business unit that hasn't even been stood up yet. And then you have a stronger case for argument. Like I have continuity, I have perspective. I work with all the other application owners so I can see what they've done. I have actually the true enterprise perspective. Let me, you know, let me take this, this initiative forward. That's one, one way to do it. I, I like that approach. I, I've, you know, no one's articulated that clearly before. So um, that's some, some good uh, opportunity there. I think, I mean, I, I, I think that's probably the most, the most common way. Um, you know, the, the, the history of the organization that I described in the, in the patent office was they had the other end of the spectrum, right? So they had a devastating negative thing happen in that the program business areas were in charge of a, you know, one of these multi, you know, hundred, two hundred million dollar initiatives that failed. And so then, you know, the, the, gov- the government oversight organizations and the Congress got involved and everybody, you know, you know, they got, you know, a certain kind of an IT timeout and with all of their <laughs> capabilities taken away from them. And they were instructed and, and, and given advice by a lot of experts that said, hey, you really need to structure your IT organization in this way with this governance around it. And that was done by my predecessor. And I've always said, you know, that, the, you know, taking the patent office digital um, to me, was as much or more, you know, the work of my predecessor than it was the work, you know, my work and that what I inherited was a model that could be driven to a transformation perspective and didn't have to deal with a lot of the blocking and tackling that had already been done, you know, before I got there. So that's another way, right? It's a total other end of the spectrum. Something bad happens, right? Yeah, be a catalyst. well, and I've, I've been there as a CIO myself when something bad happens, uh, like uh, <laughs> our email exchange server 
crashed after it was kind of funny, right? Because I just asked for half a million dollars to upgrade it. And of course, they said, no, we don't have the budget for it. Three weeks later, it completely crashes. There was plenty of money <laughs> to tell you the, to, to, to <laughs> move that wherever I needed to, whenever I needed to. So um, I know how that, you know, that can happen. Yeah, disaster can really make change. Funny, funny how that works, but it certainly made you look good because you had the foresight to put it on the table before anything bad happened. So you're, you know, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. It's <laughs> just unfortunate go. we didn't listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Embracing Digital Transformation today. If you liked our episode, go ahead and give us five stars on your favorite podcast or video streaming site. You can also find out more on embracingdigital.com. Until next time, keep moving forward and do something wonderful.